Welcome to Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Thank you guys for tuning in again here for the 61st edition of the show. That number just keeps going up. It makes me so happy. It does. Every week when I go in and I just, you know, I copy over last week's sheet. I take out all the stuff then I just tick the number up one. Um, feels like just yesterday we were at one and it's going to feel like, you know, just tomorrow that we'll be at 100. So it's, uh, yeah. We just keep keep chugging on. Um, nothing noteworthy going on in college football right now. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of kind of a dead period. Um, yeah, nothing today. It's uh, it's it is it is Monday night here, nine twelve Eastern time. Um, oh, is there a game on? Uh, there might have been. Actually, hang on. Let me check. Let me pull. Let me let me, let me look. Yeah, check check on ESPN. Let me know. Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, go okay. ahead, keep keep. Going. Okay, I'll, I'll talk, and you let me know if there's a game mm-hmm. going. I will. All let right, me do. All right, I guys, might have so, to search for a little while. Mm, perfect. Okay, yeah, you just let me know. Um, we've got a lot to talk about here tonight, guys. Um, we've got a follow up to our lead story from last week with Caleb Williams. We had the All American Bowl uh, this past weekend. We're going to talk a little bit about. Um, we've still got guys entering the portal and finding new homes, so that's exciting for fantasy. We're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, and. We have some freshman profiles. We, we each picked one of those. Plus, bonus, we're doing a short mailbag segment tonight that we opened up to members of our Discord there at campusdecanton.com. Before we start off here, guys, if you have not subscribed to campusdecanton.com, go ahead and check us out. You're not going to want to miss out on what we've got going on over there this offseason. We have a lot of changes coming, a lot of big changes. We're not going to necessarily keep teasing you until, you know, they start releasing, but rest assured, lots of stuff coming up. So go ahead, go over to campusdecanton.com. Uh, get a taste of everything on the website there. You can see a little bit of our rankings. You can see some of our articles, things like that. All the good stuff, though, is behind the paywall. That's $2.99 a month or $29.99 a year. We've got the YouTube page, guys. We were doing a ton more YouTube content. We're doing a series on getting to know some of the freshmen that have committed. Uh, we're doing Mock Draft Mondays. We've got all sorts of different stuff going over there. So check that out. Subscribe. And it is the same as the website, Camps to Canton. And as always, guys, if you want to make some money betting player props, go ahead and sign up over at Prize Picks. Um, we do some really cool giveaways with you guys uh, for people that enter uh, using our promo code C2C. Initial deposit match gets you a, uh, a match up to $100. And if you deposit at least 20 bucks on your sign up, you get a free year with us. Um, so all good things there. Um, did you find um, out if there was a game? Yeah, yeah there's um, you did. Okay. Alabama is playing Georgia right now. Oh, yeah. crap. It's a national championship tonight, isn't it? Oh, is that what that game is? Oh, oh, wow! I forgot all about that. Huh. All right. Well, then we'll we'll hustle through this so we can get that. Okay. We can sit down and watch a second okay. half. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Then let's jump into this, Colin. Uh, this podcast is a part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast. Dynasty Happy Hour, the Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, the Smoke Show, Triple Play Fantasy Podcast, and the Fantasy Points Podcast itself. You can follow all of us on one place on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live, or you can check out our weekly Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. All right, we can't start off the show two weeks in a row with the same story with Caleb Williams, even though it sounds like that saga may be coming to an end. So let's kick this one off, Colin, with something a little different, uh, something recruiting related, the All-American Bowl 
uh, took place on uh, this past weekend, Saturday, uh, January 8th. Uh, a big game, one of two kind of big all-star games, this one in the Under Armour All-American game being the other one. Uh, and that one was a was a, a week or so uh, prior to this one. Um, lots, lots, lots of big names, including some of the top quarterbacks in the country: Devin Brown, Drew Aller, Kate Klubnick, Gunnar Stockton. All played in this one. Some top running backs: Nicholas Singleton was out there doing his thing. Relik Brown, Rayshon Luke, the game MVP. We'll probably talk about him here in a second. Um, lots of big names of wide receivers. Some guys commit. Um, all in all, just a really uh, fun showcase. And it's not it's an all star event, but these guys do play reasonably hard so i think you know even though we're not uh maybe necessarily evaluating this game it's nice to see an increase in competition for some of these guys um i just wrote down on the sheet here kind of calling general takeaways and discussion so you know i'm just going to toss this to you you pick a player or a topic from this game you want to talk about uh and you just take that and run go ahead buddy um so we talked a little bit about it here pre-show but Cade klubnik uh, quarterback going to Clemson, um, came away statistically looking like the best quarterback. Um, you know, everybody was saying, you know, he looked really good, uh, on watching the game. I thought he looked really good. He made some fantastic throws, including, you know, that one touchdown to CJ Williams. That was, that was a fantastic throw. But as I was watching it again, uh, I was rewatching it and, and watching him specifically. I just, I came away not as impressed as I was initially. I still think he kind of has a tendency to lock into one of his reads and he, his arm strength. I kind of question at times. There were times where he just kind of, he floated a ball and defenders were coming in, making plays, knocking it away. It just didn't quite have as much zip on it as you'd like to see. Um, his arm strength in my, you know, right that I have right up that I have for him. I have his arm strength is fine is but it it's better n- better or worse than dylan gabriel Ooh, <laughs> i'm gonna say worse right now okay. but he does have the opportunity here to i mean he's he's 18 um you know he'll get into a college strength and conditioning program and i'm sure it'll improve a little bit but i i came away after that not as quite as impressed as i was before he's a skinny kid he is. He's not big. Um, when you watch that game, Drew Aller is a mountain of a man. Yes. Gunnar Stockton is thick with two C's. Um, <laughs> Devin Brown is, is, you know, a bigger guy as well. He's not, mm-hmm. you know, quite the size of those guys, but but he's bigger. And then Kate Klubnik, those four guys kind of seemed like they played the most at the quarterback position. I don't know why they split the snaps the way they did. Um, he's definitely the slightest. And I definitely think he needs to gain some some weight there. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually came away really impressed with Katie Klubnik. I thought he had easily the three best throws of the game without even like specifically sitting down and watching every single throw and grading it on a scale of like one to ten. He had that touchdown throw to CJ Williams that you talked about, which you know, rolling to his right. It was a Russell Wilson to to Tyler Lockett type touchdown throw. And you guys know what we mean when we say that, because he's always putting Tyler Lockett in you know, Russes and these just ridiculous situations. Uh, and Tyler Lockett somehow finds a way to, to toe touch in the back the corner of the end zone and, and come down with the ball. Um, they, they had one of those. He had one to Kevin Coleman. Uh, we can talk about him here in a second, uh, heading to, uh jackson Coleman, state there good, good good friend friend of the show friend of the show yes very good <laughs> friend of the show um so i i actually like and, and uh, the one of the things that like as these kids come through high school more there are a lot of them that have been 
working with quarterback coaches since they were like 10 years old. And so you start to wonder about some of these guys, like they're just kind of robots. Like at this point, you know, it's just, you know, they've got the footwork nailed down. They've got, you know, the, how to read the field down, the mechanics down, the quick release down. And then you put them on there in a football field. And sometimes like the game of football isn't about just your footwork and, and you know, your quick release. And, like it's about varying your arm slot because a 320 pound defensive tackle is about to freaking kill you. It's about, being creative enough where the free guys coming off the edge to account for that guy by making him miss and get out in the open field, and make something happen. I had real concerns about a lot of those things with Kate Klubnik. I thought he was milk toast probably is a really nice way to describe him. Like just shows up to work every day at the office, nine to five gets his stuff done. You never, you don't like the bosses don't even know this guy's name. Cause he just, you know, <laughs> that's what he does. And he goes home. That's Cade Klubnik, the quarterback. And I thought he was a lot more creative than that. I saw some sidearm shit. You know, I, I saw him eluding the rush. I saw him, you know, being a gamer. And I know that sounds kind of stupid and douchey, but like I I actually was very, very impressed with him. And he's like my arch nemesis. That's all I got. Okay. Okay. No, that's fair. Um any other any other big performer for you? I mean, Rayshon Luke was a really interesting one. Like, I don't, I don't really bump these guys at all based on this game, but like, I bumped that kid up like 20 spots. Um, he says that he can run, or his goal is to run a 10 second 100. And like, shit, I'm not going to count this kid out from doing it. Yeah. There, you watch some of these guys, and he, so the hang up with him is he's like, there's all sorts of different weights. And he was listed on the telecast at like 5, 10, 170. That's a lot bigger than I thought he was. I thought he was like 5'8", 155. And I think that's close to what he was listed at on some of the recruiting services. I think he weighed in at like 156. Oh, on the telecast, they put a thing on that. It said 170 at one point. They said 5'10", 170. I mean, we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to look into it. If he's, if he's 5'10", 170, then, and as dynamic as he looked, because he did look, yeah. He he was the he was the star of the show, I think. Regardless, yeah. this kid is just fast as shit. Yeah. Like it's that clip from, you know, we we say it every time every so often on this show, the clip from the longest yard where he's like yeah. so fast, he makes him look not fast. He makes like, fast guys look yeah. not fast. <laughs> that that is Ray Sean Luke. Like it's it's one thing to see these guys just burning, you know, a bunch of farm boys on high school tape. And then they put him into a game with a bunch of elite athletes that are going to Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Ohio State and on and on and on. And this dude makes them look like me out there. I was blown away with this kid. I we we had a rankings roundtable the other night, and I'm not going to give away anything about that show, really. But we tossed around the term honorable mention for Rayshon Luke in terms of how we wanted to rank him. And I think we're going to revisit that after this yeah. game. Like, I don't think that is going to stand for very long. No, I, uh, there is, we did record that. Uh, and there is clip of me saying last that he is dead <laughs> last for me, uh, out of the guys that we had on that list and that we were talking about, which I think we were about like 30 running backs deep or something like that something on that like list. That, yeah. Um, so we have some that are deeper and some, you know, and stuff. But yeah, I I had him ranked dead last because at 5'8", 150, 155, I was like, what is what is realistically his ceiling? Like, yeah, he looks fast on tape. He's dynamic. But somebody that size, that's not even Deuce Vaughn. 
you know? Yeah. Like, I just, I didn't see it. I, I didn't see that listed weight. A anybody at that listed weight having any sort of an NFL future. You're hoping he's JV and Hawkins at that point, who just went undrafted. Um, but we'll see, you know, we'll see, um, We'll see what that weigh-in is, the official weigh-in here. I, I thought I saw it was like 155, but if it is 170, then that's even better. You uh, want a hot take? Because I think the likelihood of either of them making it to the NFL and having you know consistent fantasy production is sl so slim that if I'm drafting them in a, draft, a C2C draft, I'm drafting them purely for their college potential. Anything else is just gravy. Mm -hmm. I would rather have him over Relief Brown. I do like that he's going to Arizona. Yeah. I think that that, because... They Which he really announced during the game. Yes. They don't really have that. I mean, they're building a lot of still skill position talent, but bringing in Tetra McMillan, um, they brought in Jacob Cap. They brought in Jacob Cowing, right? Cowing? Yes. Cowing okay. is going to Arizona. Yeah. Yep. So they brought in those two guys. They have him at running back, um, but they don't really have anything else there. Uh, they have Jack Plummer at quarterback who, I mean, he's fine when he's healthy, um, but they're building a lot there, but they he can be a big a big part of that offense, I think. So I think he could put up some nice numbers for your college fantasy team. That's a really good point, Colin. I think, you know, you send a kid like Rayshon Luke to Bama and he instantly becomes a luxury player, a guy that is m moderately faster than the other guys on your team. Like, you know, he is faster. But he's also 40 pounds lighter. So, you know, yeah. at what cost do you put that kind of kid on the field? You don't necessarily have to do that calculus at Arizona. Or, you know, do, there's a reason why the, the, the small guys, you know, do spawn at Kansas State, JV and Hawkins that you mentioned at Louisville. Like they go to these small schools because they're just an athlete. And those guys, they're desperate for playmaking ability and they'll put you on the field despite your size. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do think the Arizona landing spot was really really good for him I, I do think that he can step on the field there and do some things as a freshman like it wouldn't shock me if he has like f you know 400 or 500 scrimmage yards just depending on how they want to use him and like a handful of touchdowns as a freshman yeah yeah i'd agree with that um yeah i, I would i would i would agree with that i think also just you know moving off of are we are we done with the luke talk yeah yeah we're okay um i think that um your guy, Barry and Brown, was another big performer there. Um, he reportedly looked really good in practice all week. Uh, and then he looked good in the game as well. He had that moment there where it was a little scary with that looked like an ankle injury. I'm not I thought sure. he I thought he blew his Achilles. I almost crapped my pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a little scary. Uh, but he came back in. So I think he was a big stock up this week, too. Um, I know you're high on him. Uh, I'm pretty high on him. He's inside my top five. Uh, I don't remember specifically off the top of my head. I think he's like four or five for me. Um, but I know there's several other guys at the site. David's pretty high on him as well at solving football. Uh, but I think other people are starting to catch up now too. Yeah, Barry and Brown and Isaiah Bond. They're yes. two guys that are athletes that are going to play wide receiver. Um, I thought they both looked really good. Um, Bond is more physical than people want to give him credit for. Mm -hmm. People just say that Bond is a speedy guy. I know that every time we talk about these guys on our podcast that we just drive up the price, which kind of sucks. Because like <laughs> I, we, we were talking about this in the Discord there, like four years ago, like you could have gotten like Barry and Brown for like free in drafts. Yeah. Like he would have been so cheap. I've been, I've been doing this for for a few years now. It's exactly what would have happened. Now he's going to be like a you know a top twenty guy in this class. But but Brown and Bond, like they're they are, both have game breaking speed. And they 
like I t- they know that defenses are scared of them. And mm-hmm. I think that's like a, a skill end of itself, like being self-aware enough to know that defenses are scared and you can use that to your advantage. They both seem to have a grasp of that. And that's a yeah. scary thing. If you're, you know, a corner who has to play 10 yards off, because if you don't get a hand on a dude, he's freaking gone. Like it opens up a lot of possibilities for you. Bond's going to be the speedy deep guy at Bama. Like he just is. He's yeah. going to be really good there. Yeah, I I worry a little bit more about Bond just going to Alabama because there's so much talent at the wide receiver position there. Um, you know, John Mechie, I think he's coming back with the way he got injured and the way he kind of got overshadowed by Jamison Williams. I, I do think he'll probably come back. And then you have JoJo Earl and Ja'Cory Brooks, who both got a little bit of time there. Ja'Cory Brooks um, playing here tonight, too. You know, has a couple catches. Um, you know, so they got those guys. Then you're also bringing in a loaded class here: Aaron Anderson, Sha- um, uh, Kobe Prentice, Bond, um, and there's Chaz one Preston. Preston, yeah, Chaz Preston. Um, yeah, so I mean, they're just they're just constantly loaded, and it's with Isaiah Bond. I I think he serves a different role than pretty much all those guys. Um, even Aaron Anderson, I think he serves a different role. I think Aaron Anderson's probably a little closer to Jojo Earl, uh, where Bond is more on like, like, not that Bond couldn't play the slot, but he's he's just so good deep. Uh, he's I, he's just, the rugs replacement, which they never yeah. really they have like they found the Waddle replacements. There's a couple yeah. guys there that you know Earl could be that guy, Leary could be that guy. Um, I, I'm yeah, not a Leary. big fan I of Leary. I'm not a, like a huge fan of Prentice or Anderson, like like some of the other guys at the site are, but they're kind of waddle-ish. Like they don't have a rugs. I think Bond can be the rugs. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, and just to note, Drew Aller uh, was really, really bad in this game. I just want to throw that out there. Um, so, you know, I think for the Drew Aller needs to start year one, Sean Clifford can we go can die. I think brakes. we need to pump the brakes on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, um, he apparently he's, they said he had looked really good in practice. Um, he was, so no, he reportedly was nerves, the best but, quarterback in practice. Yeah. Um, but he, he was a little iffy in this game. The, the accuracy was not particularly good. Yeah. Well, and something else that you brought up too, you know, it's, it's difficult for quarterbacks to really stand out in a game like this. They have very little chemistry with the wide receivers. The offensive line has very little chemistry as well. And I think you really saw that with the East team. Uh, I know Chris Moxley in the, in the discord was mentioning about Gunnar Stockton bailing on a lot of plays, but I think a lot of that had to do with the pressure that the defensive line was getting and the offensive line kind of, you know, dropping the ball several times where he just had to kind of scramble and bail. So the offensive line doesn't have much consistency and, and, and continuity there. The defensive linemen, I mean, it favors them more because it's just a one-on-one drill, line up, go get your guy, go beat your guy. Um, and then it, like you also mentioned it's difficult to get the running game going too. So I do think there's definitely something to take away from Drew Aller not looking that good. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to overreact on that because like you said, he reportedly was the best quarterback in the practices. So I think that can kind of balance it out and we just leave it neutral. Yeah. All right. That's enough about the all American bowl. All right. We, we said we can't start with Caleb Williams, but if we can't start with him, it's gotta be story number two here. Yep. Um, we have no Caleb Williams news. 
That's what makes this particular story even more exciting, guys. There is still no update. There has been no indication from Caleb or his family about where he's thinking about going. They're, they haven't even given like a top five or a top three. At nope. this point, we can speculate a little bit. But I think we are starting to get some more clues as to where he's going, Colin. And I think we have two really big ones. Uh, the first being Mario Williams, his buddy and his wide receiver, uh, fellow freshman that was at Oklahoma this year, um, who said when he was entering the portal after Caleb Williams did that he was going to follow his quarterback, <laughs> has been crystal ball to USC. That's pretty telling, but it's not that telling. He said you said he wants to follow him, but maybe you know you know they're not a package per se, right? Um, but then this afternoon, Jackson Dart entered the transfer portal. <laughs> um, and so either USC is about to start Miller Moss, <laughs> I doubt it, or uh, there's some news going on behind the scenes as to as to where Caleb Williams is going. So do we think at this point, Colin, that this is this is starting to look pretty uh, pretty convincing? Well, let me just first say I was listening to the uh, Cover Three podcast, which is uh, CBS Sports College Football podcast. Um, and they were saying that this transfer portal season is the season of quarterbacks following their girlfriends. Um, Adrian Martinez's girlfriend plays soccer at Kansas State. Keaton Slovis's girlfriend plays soccer at Pitt. Caleb Williams' girlfriend apparently goes to UNC. And they just lost their quarterback. But no, I think he's going to USC. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would be surprised if he went. The UNC fans that were listening to this just were like, like oh, oh. tongues oh. fell out of their mouths. Um, yeah, at this point, uh, at this point, I would be surprised if he goes anywhere other than USC. Okay, so I guess I thought you would say more than that. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I hadn't even crafted my next question yet. Um, so is this? Is there a is there a is there a likelihood that you, that Lincoln Riley is screwing this up? Um, is there a likelihood that he's screwing this up? Mm -hmm. Likelihood? No. Is there like a decent chance? I would put it sub fifty, but sub fifty percent. But yeah, I think there's a 33 percent chance that he's screwing this up. Um, we were talking about it in the Discord today. We actually had, we had a really nice long discussion going on back and forth in there about this. But uh, I, I know that Caleb Williams looked good at times this year, and at times he did not look very good. But he still came away, you know, in EPA per play, looking very good um, in yeah, air yards per attempt, looking good. Um, but I still think Dart's a better passer. And I think Dart would have been really good in uh, Lincoln Riley's system. But you can't, at the same time, you, you can't fault Lincoln Riley for going and getting his guy. He recruited Caleb Williams very hard to Oklahoma. And that was really his, I mean, Spencer Rattler was his first big quarterback there. That one kind of busted out. But Caleb Williams was like the second big quarterback that he kind of like went out and staked a claim on, you know, like it brought in the other guys that he brought in or the other guys that he had Baker and Kyler and um, Jalen Hurts were all something before they were there. You know, they all came from other places. Um, so 
I can't fault him for going out and getting Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams has some familiarity with his system, but at the same time, I don't know. I just, I like dart better. So I think that there's a chance that dart ends up being the better player. Proponents of the transfer portal will say, I feel like I'm writing a, a high school, um, you know, I have a prompt and I have to, I have to argue one side of it. Proponents of the transfer portal will say that this player, uh, you know, freedom of player movement is a good thing for college football. And I think generally it is, but I think Jackson Dart is going to be a shining example of why the transfer portal is not all sunshine, sunshine and roses and not all sunshine and roses for guys that literally did nothing wrong and have made no decision on their own. Mm -hmm. Jackson Dart was a nothing quarterback prospect. Literally, his only offer was from like BYU, like any meaningful mm -hmm. offer. And that's why I think there's rumors that he goes to BYU because they, you know, if he hadn't gone to USC, BYU might have been there since they were well, there from day one. Corner Canyon, Utah is where he's from. And yeah. they are kind of like a pipeline to um, BYU. Um, Zach Wilson went there. That's Zach one quarterback, though. Zach Wilson and Brown other... didn't go to BYU. But Devin Brown was offered to go to BYU. Well, yeah, it's like, like BYU sends offers to all these guys. But yes, regardless. <laughs> like I, he's nothing. He, he plays amazing senior year. He gets an offer to USC. He beats out a fellow four-star kid. He beats out Keaton Slovis. He gets that job. His coach leaves and, and, and the new guy brings in somebody different from a different school. And now like they did it. They're going to do it so late in the season now that like, Places are set. Mm -hmm. Like there are not that many places that he can still go that would be decent landing spots where the team is, you know, up to his level with a coach that can develop him to be a professional quarterback. Like Ole Miss is the only one I can think of at this point. Yeah. That like is just blatantly open. Can you, do you have another spot? I mean, like, obviously like I, I think, Washington would actually be really interesting. I know we liked Sam Heward last year, and he was obviously a very highly rated quarterback on his own right. So this would kind of be a, a you know a Williams to Dart, Dart does to Heward. Yeah. But like if DeBoer wants a guy that's actually thrown more than a handful of passes in a in a meaningful college game, that that would be an interesting spot. You just mentioned UNC doesn't really have a proven guy, but like there aren't that many schools that are good teams that could take him on and and you know coach him up the correct way. No, I agree. Uh, another so um, Nate Marquise uh, on Twitter, um, CFF Nate, put a poll out, and he had I think he had three places on there. Ole Miss was on there, BYU was on there. The other one is uh, West Virginia because that's where Graham Harrell has ended up. Yeah. He's uh, I don't know if he's officially the OC there. I know he's like quarterbacks and OC. Maybe I'm not entirely sure what his role is, but he is on West Virginia. West Virginia does not have an established option at quarterback. They have Jarrett Doge or Dogie, however you say that. I'm not Get along, sure. little Dogie. <laughs> um, but he is far from somebody that would keep Jackson Dart off the field. Um, so that's a potential landing spot. But at the same time, though, Jackson Dart is a kid from out west. Does he want to come east? I don't know. So uh, there's... Re like those would probably be the two best spots for him. I think would be West Virginia, three best spots: West Virginia, UNC, or Ole Miss that you brought up there. I th I think you missed the part where I said 
a team that is that is his level. West Virginia is not. No, West Virginia is not on his level. West Virginia is like a a C list Power Five conference school. Like they're not a very good team. They they had like three years where they were solid when they had Slayton and those guys there, Pat White. They haven't been good since then. They're a middling middling team. Even if Jackson Dart went there, they don't have a you know. I don't know if they could build up a line. I don't think they could give him the weapons that he wants. Now maybe Dart can attract a guy or two there. But again, this is late in the season. Like yeah. all of all of these dominoes are already falling elsewhere. There are not that many guys left in the portal that you can you know call well, up and say, "Hey, man, come join me in freaking West Virginia." There's also a set amount of time that you have to go to a university and enroll to be able to play in the spring. So that's another factor there too, is he's got to kind of make his decision pretty quickly here. Um, yeah, there's just, like you said, there's just, there's not a lot of good options out there, you know? Yeah. I, I, I kind of wanted to see him stay in the PAC 12 beat USC and then just run over the sideline and stick both his middle fingers right up in Lincoln Riley's face. Yeah. And um, I mean, something else that um, we'll get into a little bit later, but um, DTR returning to, to UCLA, so that position is no longer open. Oh, are we, will we be talking about that later? Um, maybe not. Actually, I'm scrolling <laughs> down the show sheet. It's not on here. It's not. ETR <laughs> is staying at UCLA. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Tell me more. So, so I mean, what's this? I think it's going to be his fifth year there. Um, so that position's not open anymore. That also could play a role in why Dylan Gabriel made such a quick decision to move to Oklahoma. I mean, obviously Jeff Levy and Caleb Williams entering the portal, but he flipped quick. I think he dislikes Levy. Um, I think that's part of it too. Yeah. But um, So lost in all this, like I know we, we said that Mario Williams has been crystal ball there. Is that a good spot for him? With Gary um, Bryant, Taj Washington, whatever else they've got going on there, Kyle Ford. I don't know. Michael Trigg entered the portal too for today for whatever yeah. that's worth. Um, Michael Trigg, tight end that that I know we both liked, um, mm. so that's worth keeping an eye on where he ends up. Come come to Pitt. <laughs> you guys have Gavin Bartholomew. We ran two tight ends for a lot of this year, baby. <laughs> um, but is that the is that a good spot for him for Mario Williams at USC? Yeah, eh, it's fine. Is it the best spot? No, absolutely not. There's a lot of competition what's, there for. What's the best spot? What's the best spot? You don't have one. Um, you just know that's not Ole it. Miss. Ole Miss would be a good one. They need some wide receivers. That's all I got. <laughs> I literally just came up with that right now. I did oh. not have one. Okay. But, all right. All right. Okay. Yeah, I did. I think there's. I think there's better places for him to go for his own value. Fair enough. All right, Colin. Um, well, we're in California, so I guess we can stick with that theme a little bit here. So, um, you know, I sit there all day and just try to think of creative segments and uh things we can talk about here on the show um i doodle at work um yeah, uh, about lawyer. all this stuff yes um and then i bill it to clients yep. um no i don't actually do that um please, please don't <laughs> follow any, our association um <laughs> if any of austin's clients are listening he does great work um so here's we're gonna call this earthquake colin um so i'm gonna give you i have five different news items here they are all either guys entering the portal or guys finding a new home. I want you to tell me where this falls on the Richter scale. I don't know what the Richter scale goes to. I'm pretty sure it doesn't really go higher than eight, but we're going to do this from one to 10, 10 being the strongest earthquake. Your house is coming down. One being, you know, <laughs> was that a fart? Like, that was. Um, 
So, like I said, I have five five different stories here. We'll start off with one that I think is flying a little bit under the radar, um, and that is Sam Pinckney, wide receiver from Georgia State, who entered the portal a couple weeks ago after a disappointing 2021, is going to Coastal Carolina, he announced today, to replace uh, Javon Hiley there, who is going to the NFL draft. Colin, where does this measure on the scale? If you had told me this six months ago, that this was going to happen at this time, I would be like, this is, this is awesome. This is like, this is like an eight. Um, but Sam Pinckney had a miserable year this year. Uh, 26 catches, 293 yards, one touchdown played in 11 games. Um, don't grant Georgia state is, is a more run heavy team. Um, so, you know, take that for what it's worth, but that was just, that's not a good year. Now, they don't have anybody else there, really, because um, Halai is going to the NFL. Isaiah Likely is going to the NFL. So they don't really have anybody else there. So I still think he can be productive. Um, so it's still like a six for me. But okay. I'm not as hyped as I would have been before this season. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a claim right now. I think he can be a top 24 college fantasy wide receiver this year. So wide receiver you know, two-ish for fantasy purposes. Um, I really like this. And I don't know what happened this past year. I don't know if he was dinged up. I'll be completely honest. I don't follow Georgia State football that closely outside to look at that and say, you know, wow, this guy is underperforming or, whoa, this guy is overperforming. Um, it's not a heavy pass offense. I think we already knew that coming into the year. But, I mean, to go in 2020 from 47 catches for 815 yards and seven touchdowns, that's pretty solid. I don't know what his his market share was there, but I would wager it's probably close to 30%, if yeah. not higher than that. I'm sure. It's, to this year, you know, basically half of that. 26 catches, 293 yards, one touchdown. I, I I can't explain it again. I don't know if he was injured, but I do think this is a really good spot for him in an offense that we know Grace, they're going to let Grayson McCall pass it. Like They're not going to be a super hyper-conservative rush offense. He is going. I, I would wager they probably lose sixty percent of their receiving production at least. At least, I, I think he can slide in there, take a twenty-five percent market share, and have a really, really good season. I'm buying Sam Pinkney this year. I, I bet he's probably available in some supplemental drafts as well. I bet a lot of people lost the faith this year. I know. Probably. I think I probably had him on a roster too, and I think I probably dropped him. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I know I had him in one spot um, and dropped him. So yeah, I'm sure he's out there on the waiver wires. So he'll be a he'll be a nice piece to add in your supplemental draft. But he's not anybody that I'm just dying to go get. We shall see. I think he's going to be a buy low this year. I mean, I don't know. We have like 380 something players drafted already, and across the mock drafts that we've run, and I don't think he's been selected at all. So obviously no. that might change a little bit. Um, but I don't know right. if it will. All right, Colin. So, so that was a six. Uh, I know you don't you don't get out of bed for anything less than an eight. Um, you, you've seen your share of earthquakes. So how about this one? A Kentucky running back, Chris Rodriguez. <laughs> Kentucky running back, Chris Rodriguez, has announced that he is returning to school for his super senior season. Uh, Rodriguez led the SEC in rushing this past season, uh, almost 1,400 yards on the ground there, averaged over six, point, or six yards per carry, has averaged over six yards per carry, Every year he's been there in college. Kentucky brings back a large portion of that offense, obviously losing Wandale Robinson. Um, how hard are we shaking here, Colin? 
Um, this is a nine. Whoa, we got him out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. This is a nine. This is big. I, I didn't really think much of him as an NFL prospect. He's kind of, kind of a plotter, kind of a two down guy. Like his, his NFL role would be a two down guy, the two down. Um, he doesn't really catch the ball that well. He had 13 catches this year, three touchdowns, which is fine. Um, but it's not really what you want to see. I think um, Kyle Francis was the one who was talking about catch thresholds on Debbie debate preseason. I think he said it was mm-hmm. like 20 or 25. Something, something like that. Yeah. Something about that. Um, yeah. So still below that threshold, even though it's a market improvement from his first two years. Um, so I don't really think too much of him as an NFL prospect, but I think he can do what he did this past year at Kentucky again. You know, scouting the helmet is 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 lazy. Like we've said it on this show, I think you know, I just think as as a rule that is correct. But I think there's also a reason why a lot of these guys that are very similar stylistically end up at the same school under the same coaching staff because that staff has their has preferences. You can watch Chris Rodriguez and say that dude's Benny Snell, who is a former Kentucky back who's made a career in the NFL. Granted. I could, there's been less than three weeks during the course of his NFL life that you've thought maybe I should start this guy on my flex. Like it just doesn't <laughs> really happen, but you know, 1400 yards on the ground and 10 touchdowns. He was an RB one or a borderline RB one um, this year. in Most formats I was, I bought him in a couple playoff runs thinking that I was getting him for the year and that was it. So that's great news for those kind of teams where, you know, maybe I gave up a second round su- a supplemental pick or something like that to get Chris Rodriguez. Now I get another year out of him, man. Like I, you're feeling really good if you got lucky and kind of made one of those moves as opposed to, you know, picking up a Mateo Durant who is not coming back. Obviously, sometimes, you know, that's just how um, these things shake out. But I, yeah, I mean, I think this is really big for Kentucky and really big for your fantasy teams. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, Kentucky had a really nice year this year. They surprised people. Uh, they had a nice, they had a nice solid year this year. I think they could do it again next year. Honestly, uh, like you said they bring a lot of people back, and Chris Rodriguez is gonna is, is gonna perform well for your CFF t- side. All right, now Colin, I do have to tell you that I probably just gave you the biggest quake in the bunch here, but we can't stop. Well, we've got three other names. So, do we want to hit the breaking news? Did you see in our Discord? No, what happened? Um, Jaden Delara, Arizona bound. Let's Fisher go. Wow. <laughs> Let's go. Is that That's... is that a nine or a ten for you now? It sounds like. That's an eleven. <laughs> That's um, big. I agree. That's great. That's great. Um, not only for him, but for all those weapons there. You know, we've been saying who's gonna throw to all these guys. Um, what oh, how do you th- what do you think, Colin? A nine, yeah, 10, I, eight, yeah, I nine completely nine. agree. I think it's like a nine or a ten. Um, I don't give out too many tens uh, on things. You know, I just always think there's room for improvement. I'm that. I'm that teacher. Um, but do you tell, yeah, do you no, tell your do you tell your girlfriend that when she asks you stuff? Yeah, always. Like, mm-hmm. how do I look? I was, like, You're like an eight. Like, I don't give out tens. I don't give out tens, so it's always a nine. <laughs> <laughs> there's always room for improvement. Keep her on uh, her toes. Yeah, good work. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think that's I think that's fantastic. Uh, we were just talking about all the weapons they had, but Jack Plummer not really being that exciting. Poor and Jack Plummer. Now, <laughs> now they have Jaden Delara, and I think that's way more exciting. Uh, but also, Jack Plummer is a competent backup. So, you know, they have two. They have one good option and one decent option now for all those weapons. 
Jack Plummer's uh, like, this shit, I can't start at Purdue. I guess I got to transfer to Arizona. <laughs> He's like, shit, I can't start at Arizona. Um, Jacob, the Jacob Cohen, Jaden Delara stack. Get on it now. I uh, I concur. I think that that can be big there for them. All right. Um, Sorry, I didn't well, mean to derail. No, that was great. Um, I thought you were going to talk about how the the championship game is six to nine at halftime, oh, um, which is nice. very very nice in and of itself. Yes. Um. So how, here's I, I think there's one another one that's kind of going under the radar a little bit. Colin Amani Bailey, um, second year back at Louisiana. Uh, Billy Napier obviously leaves there, goes to Florida. That whole backfield basically says they're leaving. He's headed to TCU, who loses um, Zach Evans. They have Kendry Miller there, and that's really, you know, they don't have a lot behind him there. That could be a very nice one-two punch uh, at TCU, right? What, what are, yeah. Where on the scale are we? Yeah, this is a nice seven. This Whoa, a, a nice seven. seven. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. that yeah. You giving that a seven is like a nine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, I think that's a nice nice seven uh, i like kendry miller uh i don't know if he can carry the workload all by himself so i think this is going to be a really nice one-two punch uh and i think that sunny dykes has produced some several fantasy relevant running backs ulysses bentley was really nice there you know uh, and his time at smu so you know i think this is i think this is good and Amani bailey had a really nice year this past year in a three-headed rushing attack now it's down to two um, yeah, I like this move. Yeah, he's just working his way down. And for what it's worth, Kendra Miller is six foot two fourteen. I think he could handle the load fine by himself, but Dykes does tend to kind of have a split backfield. Um, yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think it sucks that I was going to be drafting a lot of Kendra Miller value this off season. Now, maybe I'm holding off on that a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think there's room for both those guys there to have decent showings. Um, all right, let's close it out here with two quarterbacks, Colin. We'll go through these guys kind of quickly. Um, Grant Wells, former quarterback at Marshall, has decided that he is going to Virginia Tech. I guess we're making a lot of assumptions that he will take the job from Jason Brown, who also transferred in there to Virginia Tech. Um, good, you good mean news. Jason but, Brown, South Carolina stud. That's you know, I now that we you know Chris Moxley, we always have to give give the Gamecocks a shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, you, do you like this move for Grant Wells at Virginia Tech? Um, yeah, yeah, I think this is a good move for them. I think that this is probably the best quarterback that they could have gotten. Um, they're hitting a pretty hard reset here. Um, I, I don't, I don't love Brent Pry as a coach. I mean, we've been over the whole, I don't really love defensive minded guys getting ahead, you know, being a head coach. Cause then you have a lot of turnover on offense. Um, we'll see how Brent Pry does managing a team, but I think that there's some pieces there on offense. Um, Trey Turner's still there, right? He didn't enter the portal, right? Trey Turner is going to the senior bowl. Oh, is he? Oh, no, that's not who I'm thinking of. Um, Tavion Robinson? He's, he's in Kentucky. the portal. He's going to Yeah, Kentucky. he's in the portal. Um, James Mitchell. Sorry, tight end. He, oh, I thought he was. Like, I thought he was leaving. Um, maybe he I don't. Is. I don't know. I mean, he got injured at the end of the year. I, I thought he yeah. was leaving. I, he, I don't know that for sure. I guess now that you say he's that. a guy that I like, though. Um, so if he's still around, okay. Other than that, they don't really have a lot of weapons there for for Grant Wells, um, who's a guy that I do like. Uh, but I think I liked him a little bit more at the Marshall G five level. We'll see how it shakes out at Virginia Tech. But this is this is probably like a five 
six for me. We'll call it five and a half. Okay. Yeah, I feel kind of the same way. I, Grant Wells, he flashes now and then. I don't know that he'll ever be consistent enough to be more than, you know, a, a backup guy in the NFL, which isn't a bad, um, you know, level of player. Uh, last one, Colin, Casey Thompson, your favorite Texas Longhorn quarterback, is heading to Nebraska. Uh, he is going to be Scott Frost's guy there next year, the guy that Scott Frost is relying on to save his job for him, which is a lot of responsibility. Um, you know, statistically, his year this past year wasn't that bad. Over 2,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, nine picks uh, in part-time duty. Good move, bad move, where's this on the scale? That's a fart. <laughs> <laughs> That's a um, <laughs> no. That's uh. It was. It's not that bad, but it's oh, like man. it's like a two or a three. Um, I the reason we liked Adrian Martinez was because of his legs. I don't really think there's enough else around Casey Thompson that he is going to be relevant for CFF purposes. I mean, he was wasn't really that relevant this year for CFF purposes. And he had guys like Xavier Worthy, Bijan, um, you know, even guys like Whittington and Moore were still kind of better than what they have at Nebraska. Um, I mean, Xavier Betts is there, but he has, he's only been flashing. He's not really done much. Um, you know, so I, I, it's, it's very meh to me. You're very meh to me. No, I, I agree. Um, I don't think that much of this. I, um, I'm scar. I'm sorry, Scott Frost. Um, maybe no one else wanted to go there, though. I mean, losing Samari Torre. Um, they do have, you know, they, they've got bats. They've got um, uh, who's the tight end they brought this past year? That Fedona. Uh, yeah, Torres ACL. Yeah, like they've got some guys there, but like. Nobody that you're like, wow, we're just a quarterback away. And that quarterback yeah. is Casey Thompson. Like yeah. that, I never got that impression as yeah. I watched them this year. Honestly, I would have rather see Logan Smothers. Maybe we still will. I mean, yeah, there's a, there, there is certainly a chance of that. All right. Um, enough with the earthquakes, Colin. Let's talk a little mailbag here. We did take a few questions here from the members of the Discord. Um, some good ones. We said toss anything at us. It can be football. It can be non-football as long as it's... Um, not something weird. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll do some more of these here this off season because you know it's the off season, guys. We need we need that hashtag content. Um, so here here's the first one. This actually comes from Dynasty PJ. PJ obviously uh, runs the mock drafts at Campus to Canton, um, and he asked a, a really good question here, Colin. He said, "Who was your favorite college football player that you ever scouted and or were high on?" Um, and they, you know it could be for C two C purposes. It could be you know for the draft. But they just completely tanked and never turned into anything. And then um, he and then he had the balls, <laughs> the, the balls, to try to throw Jaden Wally's name in there. How dare he? <laughs> Wally um, was good. I have uh, I have a couple a couple answers for this one. Obviously Hudson Card from this year, um, pretty big swing and a miss. Um, Journey Brown is a guy that I was also very high on. Now he didn't turn into anything because of health related issues. So I'm not going to talk about that one. Um, Josh Rosen is another guy that I was very high on, but that <laughs> Rosen was the first guy I thought of for you. Yeah, I figured, I figured um, Rosen was a guy I was very high on. 
Um, I'm going to talk a different guy, though, and a guy that really gets almost no buzz here. Um, and that is Hank Bachmeyer, quarterback, Boise State. Um, Bachmeyer was the number six pro style quarterback coming out, um, coming out of California. He had some decent offers. UCLA was one of them, um, but ends up going to Boise. And he plays his true freshman year, um, not not right away. You know, he kind of split some time there, but he played his true freshman year. Uh, he threw for a thousand yards. Um, no, I'm sorry, more than that. Uh, he threw for eighteen hundred yards, uh, eighteen hundred yards, nine touchdowns, six interceptions, um, eight point two average yards per attempt. So decent number there. Not great, but decent. You know. Everything was looking pretty good for year two. Uh, and then he kind of got hurt and just really has not done anything since. Uh, and then I thought coming into this year, too, with the new OC uh, who was coming over from UC Davis, uh, you know, he had had some nice passing offenses at the UC Davis level. Uh, he had Khalil Shakir. So I thought he was going to have a nice year this year and just really has not done anything. He's really kind of flamed out. So Hank Bachmeyer would be my guy. That's an interesting one. Um, not, not where, not where you thought I was going. No. Yeah. I wanted to keep you on your toes. You did. Hudson so, Card, Josh Rosen, those are the obvious ones. They are. They are. So just to flesh this out slightly here. So I've been playing C2C for four years now. And, you know, I've been watching, you know, deep into the draft for like a, a year or two beyond that. So I don't have like this, you know, crazy catalog where I can go right. back and be like, you know, in 1998, I really thought that this guy was going to be good and he sucked. Um, I don't have, like I said, that kind of a catalog. I will. The first name that always comes to mind when people say like the guy that you thought was amazing that never really lived up to it is Justin Blackman. Justin Blackman is the best college football, the offensive college football player I've ever watched in my life. Um, just the a dominating force like he was better you know people talk about vince young being the best college football guy they've ever watched reggie bush tim tebow like in some of these modern guys give me justin blackman over all of them every day of the week just phenomenal best call best college wide receiver i've ever seen obviously we had no idea that he had all sorts of drinking issues and things beyond that um i thought just i thought he you, was just a you know, hall of fame bound did you hear that story about um one of the scouts like just went and sat at the bar uh, the, in the town and like counted how many times he came in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've read a lot we are about not him. Privy to, we are not privy to that information. Yeah. The athletic did a really good article on him like a year or two ago. I think if you oh. go on there and search him, you can probably find it. Um, which is really good about what he's up to nowadays. Like he basically just like keeps getting do you know, like every six months or eight months, he gets a DUI or whatever. And then like, he's still, he's living back in his hometown. So everyone's like, Oh, you know, it's just, just Justin. Like, <laughs> it's kind of one of those things um that's like the big one that just always jumps to the front of my mind in terms of like guys that i thought would be really really good in college and and didn't do anything um i think it's still slightly too early to say on some of these though that i've like really fleshed out high school rankings i don't know do, can you think of a guy that i've had that that you know was not very good um I liked Chupa Purdy coming out a decent amount. Like I thought he could be the starting quarterback mm -hmm. of Florida State, and he hasn't done anything. Um, I liked Jake Daniels a lot after his freshman year. He hasn't become very much. 
um we talked about this before the show like my rankings are so narrow and i'm so harsh that i tend to not necessarily miss on guys that i like but i tend to cut out guys that end up being really good that i that i cut out because i didn't like them that's kind of where i end up missing guys yeah when you and and that's that's something else too when you bang the table for a player like actually bang the table for a player like gabe urban like gabe irvin you did uh for him like i take note because you are a very very tough grader so i i i get what you're saying there on that front where your rankings are very narrow so you don't typically miss on like the guys that you absolutely love um you were pretty high on journey brown though as well i mean obviously i was high on journey brown sam darnold is one that i was i really really liked him coming out of college as well so that could be one that i missed that was really really big uh, in recent times all right next question colin from cff jared uh he said what memory solidified your love for college football do you have one colin um yeah i kind of have i have a good one and i have a bad one both penn state related because that's you know really where my love of the game started Homer. um first one the good one would be um going to blue white games my grandparents you know that was as a kid as a young kid you know that was a lot of fun uh it was really my first that was my first football game air quotes seeing was the blue white game um you know in person like I, it had been i didn't go to my first nfl game in person until i was in college um so it was it was a lot of college football for me so that was you know i loved going to that even though it was just the spring game still a lot of fun um a bad one that still solidified my love for college football um I gotta think was it 05 or 06 uh where michigan beat penn state derailed them from going to possibly going to the national championship um and he was he was out of bounds mario manningham was out of bounds i have the vhs tape to prove it um but that one still gets my goat um so i actually i didn't grow up in like a college football household per se um uh, my i mean my my dad's a pit fan uh, but he's not a huge college football guy. He's a huge Steelers fan. Um, I think my first sentence ever was probably Chad Scott sucks, um, who was a <laughs> corner that was taken the first round by the Steelers. I think I was actually like 10 or 11 when that had, like, I, I don't think that was my first sentence, but I remember my dad, that was like the funniest thing is you just sit there all week and shit on Chad Scott. Um, the one, like the first college football thing I can like really, you know, really remember outside of, you know, like Larry Fitz a little bit um, is that 2007 backyard brawl where Pitt was like a 25 point or 28 point underdog or whatever beats that undefeated West Virginia um, 13 to nine to knock them out of the national championship running when everybody thought that was a foregone conclusion, because I do talk a lot about how I hate Penn state. I hate West Virginia as well. So um, that was, that was very, very nice. They get to relive that rivalry this year. Right. I know it was nice that like we went from, you know, we got Penn state for a couple of years there and now we get West Virginia again for a couple of years. Yeah. Would have been nice to have them this year, but yeah, what are you going to do? All right. Let's see here. Colin Uh, from Luke Probasco. He says, what is your guilty pleasure TV show or movie? Um, So this one, I've never actually said out loud before. I've never actually said this to anybody really my girlfriend is probably the only person who knows this about me um so you guys are getting a an in-depth look here at at colin um i love disney movies absolutely love disney movies everything including 
like the princess movies. Um, I love them. I love them. They're all feel good stories. So uh, that would be my guilty pleasure movies are like the Disney kids movies. Interesting. Would not have guessed that. What's your favorite? Did you just say and I missed? Um, I didn't say my favorite. That's that's tough. Favorite. I'm a big fan of Mulan. I'm a big fan of Mulan. That one's probably up there. Um, Toy Story. Toy Story is a good one. Those are probably my favorites. Interesting. Uh, actually, I love the um, the animated Disney uh, Robin Hood with the fox. Mm-hmm. You and Colby both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, my guilty pleasure TV show or movie um, is Pitch Perfect an appropriate answer? Yeah. Yeah. That's appropriate. Um, yeah. Like those a lot. Um, seen seen them all multiple, multiple times. Um, I would say that's probably my guilty pleasure to watch those anytime and be happy about it. They're just, they're okay. funny, you know, music's catchy. Uh, so okay i like that yeah um all right from steve we have a lot of steves i don't know which one this is but his name is just steve in the discord <laughs> he says what are your top three and bottom three college team nicknames slash mascot names so i didn't come up with three for each but i have a couple that fall into each category um so i will first start out here by saying i i have a hard time picking a bottom three because i absolutely despise mascots that look like humans i hate them you're not a furry huh no i hate the demon deacon from wake forest not the word kink shaming no um i hate the demon deacon from wake forest he looks terrifying um i hate pistol pete from oklahoma state also pretty terrifying um lil red from nebraska is a nightmare on wheel or when well, I was not wheels, but he's a nightmare on legs. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> um, I, so I hate, <laughs> I hate all of the human, not I, I, there's different levels of hate, but I hate all of the human mascots. They okay. bother me. What do you like? Um, I, so my favorite mascot of all time is gritty. I, love everything about gritty the philadelphia flyers mascot so i love like the crazy ones the ones that are like kind of off the wall that are a little bit weird looking um so top three um i like the stanford tree uh he's just absolutely insane looking um i like big red from western kentucky that was mine I like Big Red from Big Red from Western Kentucky. He kind of reminds me of a uh, of a red grimace, um, and just a little bit one that's one that's a little bit more off the wall. I like Cayenne, the uh, ULL mascot or UL mascot. It's just it's a it's a pepper. It's a mean looking pepper. I just think that's funny. I I mean if you ever if you guys have ever been on home field apparel. Um, they have some really cool old mascots on there, and there are some really, really fun ones. Um, Slippery Rock uh, in particular, and then obviously the old Tulsa uh, Angry Wave there. Um, I, I, oh, I was also got to throw in uh, the Fighting Okra from Delta State. That That is a good one as well, the Fighting Okra. Um, 
so I actually like simultaneously think this, like I think the Syracuse Orangeman is like a really stupid, stupid name. Mm. But I also think like the like it's kind of you know it's unique. Like I the mascots I don't like are the ones that are like just you know standard like uh, Pitt yeah. where the Panthers like it's kind of dumb. Like every you know there's so many Panthers out there. Um, schools like that you know the 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 Wolverines, the Wildcats, like the. There's a bajillion Cougars. of those. Like, yeah, those are those are the lions, the tigers. Those are all lame. Um, so give me give me ones that are weird, even if I think it's kind of stupid. And yes, I was going to say Big Red from Western Kentucky. Okay, uh, is my is my guy. I actually have a T-shirt uh, coming from them. So. <laughs> oh yeah, we're a, we're a Big Red podcast now. Yeah, Homefield Apparel. I ordered a bunch of shirts from them and they lost them. And I guess it got Ooh. returned to them. And they emailed me like a week ago and they were like, "Hey, like your shit came back." And I was like. I don't know. Can, That's can my address. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's for round two. Um, so I'm assuming that'll be on its way um, in the next couple of days. All right. Last question here, and then we'll get onto our freshman profile uh, from Mitch0301. And he asks, your most anticipated coaching change and or coordinate, coordinator hire this offseason? Um, I think the cheating answer is Lincoln Riley at USC. I mean, there's just so much drama around that um, and an ongoing drama around that, that that is going to be really interesting to see. Um, I take, don't take my answer. Uh Oh, don't take my answer. I have two. I have two. Okay. Do you well, want to go first? Hope, so that way hope I don't that, hope that, hope that one of them isn't the one I'm thinking. Oh boy. 50, 50. Um, I'm pretty confident this isn't going to be the one. So uh, I'm pretty interested to see what, um, Kalen DeBoer. No, does. that was it. Was it? Crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm pretty interested to see what Kalen DeBoer does at Washington. I will let you talk about that one. Uh, oh, my second good. one Go is uh, Sonny Dykes at TCU. Um, I'm pretty interested to see what he does there. I would have been a little bit more interested if Zach Evans had stayed, but I think Sonny Dykes, is, I mean, he had see, uh, SMU. He had them rolling this year. Um, you know, they have Quentin Johnston out there on the edge. I'll be very interested to see how he uses him. Uh, that's another spot that could potentially be open for a quarterback because I don't really love Max Dugan and I don't think Max Dugan is the best fit for a Sonny Dykes offense. Um, so that's a potential option for Dart, maybe. I don't know. I think he could be a little bit above that level as well, but you know, you never know. So, uh, TCU is, is an interesting one for Sonny Dykes. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say DeBoer. I mean, you've got Jalen McMillan putting out a let's ride announcement yeah. the other day. I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Someone's <laughs> you were about like, to oh, be boy. unleashed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Colin, Colin had to call a doctor. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that that was going to be my answer. I think that's the one that I'm most looking forward to, to see if he can turn Washington into a more exciting offense. And not that we've necessarily talked a lot about these guys yet, but they just got a new head of recruiting. And the first thing he did was offer mm. Andrew Paul. Uh, yes. A spot there. So as they're starting running back, I would like that very, very much. Um, all right, Colin freshman profiles. We chose a guy here tonight. Uh, so, well, lower rated. My, mine's lower rated than yours, but go ahead and mm. talk about um, uh, your guy. Um, so my guy is uh, running back going to Notre Dame, um, Jadarian Price. And I don't actually have pulled up what his ranking here, his running back ranking is here. It's inside the top 20, I believe, though, um, for by the composite. 
What am I paying uh, you for? Uh, I have my, <laughs> I have something else pulled up here that does not have it on that. So, um, but anyway, he's he's a uh, 180, so he's a little on the light side. Four star running back from Denison, Texas. Um, so he had uh, he came he comes from a nice level of competition. Uh, he's a tall and lanky kind of a build. I think he does need to do a lot of work in the weight room, especially in the lower half. His lower half is very slight. Um, he does not have a very powerful lower half, which leads to him uh, not really being able to break tackles very well. Um, he's decent contact balance for that, so he can shed some arm tackles. And I wouldn't say he goes down on first contact, but he cannot really break tackles, um, like actual tackles. He's not going to run a defender over. Uh, he, he is he's, does have very good vision and processing, I think. Uh, I think he quickly identifies cutback lanes. He does not waste time getting up field. Uh, he winds his way through traffic really well at the second level. Um, sets up blocks, shows pretty good vision at the second level as well. Mostly wins with his athleticism right now. I think he's a pretty sudden athlete, changes directions really quickly. can make defenders miss in tight spaces. Um, he's a bit more of a strider as a runner, though, when he hits open, uh, you know, when he starts to open it up. Uh, but he can break off long runs, pull away from defenders. Uh, and I think he's an asset in the passing game as well. He's occasionally used out wide. Uh, in, in high school. So I think that's something that he will be able to do at the collegiate level. Um, I think he checks a lot of boxes uh, with athleticism, vision, and pass catching, but his weight really limits his ceiling, I think. And then going to Notre Dame as well, they kind of already have a receiving back there who looks pretty good in, in Chris Tyree. Um, they have uh, Logan Diggs is another guy there that I like coming into this year. So I think it's going to be the Diggs and Tyree show for at least this next year, possibly two years, which I think limits prices opportunities. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his either. Um, pretty, pretty lowly ranked, um, in my opinion. Where, where do you think he goes in in freshman drafts this year, as supplemental drafts? Uh, well, we've been doing a couple. I think we've done like two or three freshman mm -hmm. mocks here. I don't recall seeing his name going in the first five rounds. No, he, um, he has not. Yeah. So I think he's probably more looking like, you know, round seven, maybe round eight, depending on the supplemental guys that you could have in there. If it's just pure freshman, I think you're probably looking at like the six, seven range, uh, back half six, top half to seventh. Um, and then, you know, maybe add on another round onto that if you're, if you're talking supplemental. Gotcha. I think he goes even lower than that at the end of the day, although the Notre Dame name the obviously Dame, carries some weight. Yeah, yeah, it's the Notre Dame name, and he's a fairly highly ranked uh, running back. Um, I'm pulling it up here. Uh, he is the 17th ranked running back by the composite. So fairly highly ranked. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. I will not have very much of him. No, I, I can pretty much guarantee you I won't have any. Just not very interested. Um, so I chose Marquarius White, a wide receiver going to Tennessee. You want to talk about guys that are rated lower in the composite. He is wide receiver 71 in the composite, 75 according to 24-7 Sports. Um, 5'10", 155 is what he's listed at. And that seems probably pretty right. I would have guessed around 160 or so. Um, just from watching him play, 
I, I don't have this kid, you know, that highly ranked. I mean, he's probably right around my wide receiver 30. So that's still significantly higher than what he is in the composite. I'm literally don't care about this kid's NFL potential at all because of that size. Obviously you're just, you know, grasping at straws on that end of things. Uh, but he's a really good athlete, really, really good athlete has a verified 10, six, 800 meter. He's very, very fast on a football field. I think that he's a guy that it translates for sure. He wins deep very, very easily. He's got some wiggle with the ball in his hands. He's a little more physical than 155 would suggest, which I think, you know, you need, you don't just want to see a guy that falls down as soon as somebody touches him at that size. Um, the frame is, you know, there's not, he, he might get up to 170, 175 max, but I, I can't see him getting any bigger than that. Why I like this kid though, you know, going to Tennessee, Josh Heupel um, is clearly valuing speed in this class. Pretty much all the guys that they're bringing in there are speed, speed, speed guys at wide receiver. He's my favorite of the group that I've watched. He reminds me a lot of Jalen Robinson, who Heupel brought over to UCF, um, was going to be, you know, a, a big time weapon there for him. Heupel or um, uh, Robinson coming out of high school was, you know, very similar, 5'10", 170, so a little heavier weight. He was the 32nd ranked athlete in the class, and his ranking in the composite was 0.8837. Marcarius White's is 0.8776. So they're very, very close. Like neither of these kids were super highly heralded, um, but but Hypel turned Jalen Robinson into a guy that you really wanted for fantasy. I think he can do the same thing, Mark, for Marquarius White. I think he's a guy that you can get in the ninth or tenth round or later of drafts, you know, or later. A lot of emphasis on that. Um, he's just a guy that I think I'm going to be scooping up late for really cheap. Uh, I don't expect anything year one. Maybe he can step in and do a little bit of returning stuff because they do lose Velis Jones. Um, but I I think this guy can be a, a CFF, you know, a high end guy for a couple of years there, uh, depending on if they have some consistent quarterback play. Yeah, and I mean, I think they're going to be looking at some consistent quarterback play. I like Taven Jackson, a guy that they're bringing in here. Um, uh, they're they're bringing in a lot of options at wide receiver there. Uh, they brought in Isaiah Nayor, correct? They did, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from from Wyoming, uh, he looked really good this year at Wyoming, so they're bringing him in. Um, I like Caleb Webb. Uh, another guy mm -hmm. that Tennessee is bringing in as a wide receiver. Um, so they're, they're bringing in a lot of talent here. And I, and, but Marquarius white is a different type of player than all of those other guys. So yep. he's going to be, that. he's going to be for fantasy purposes. What I think a lot of people wanted Jalen Hyatt to be there. And Hyatt may have just gotten there a year or two early. I was never a big Jalen Hyatt guy, but a guy, you know, that, that program was still really kind of in disarray. And once you've been there for a few years, I mean, it's kind of hard to, dig yourself out and get above the guys that the coach wants. So I think, you know, he's going to be, in my opinion, that guy. If you're going to draft a speedster, they have him and they have Caden Pope coming in this year. I would rather take the chance on Marquarius White over Caden Pope, who was fast but didn't seem quite as special with the ball in his hands as Marquarius White does. I agree with that. That's all I got. You got anything else, Colin? Just uh, shut this thing down here? Um, No, we're um, just... Still looking at a nice six to nine game here, a real barn burner in the uh, in the national championship. Yeah. I'm very glad I took the under at 52. Yeah, I, I think you can probably start counting uh, oh. uh, that that cash. Yeah, I think you probably just saw that play. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. So that is going to do it for this week's show. I do just want to announce here we are taking the month of January off from Canton Bound, and it's not because. We don't want to do the show. It's not because we don't have anything to talk about on the show. It's not. Be it's because we have some other projects that we're working on, and they take up the time that we would usually take to record that show. So unfortunately, we're just not going to have 
that show for the next couple of weeks here. We are going to have the fantasy football roundtable still on the pod channel, though. So if you are looking for your NFL news, you can still listen to Bruning and Matt Fox. Dennis Bennett sometimes hops on. You can still listen to them chat some NFL. It just won't be our sultry voices. Right. But we will keep bringing campus life. We'll keep bringing it one day a week. Yes. And Canton Bound will be back starting in February. So yes. um, don't don't get uh, don't count us out. We will be back. Yes. Uh, all right. So during February, that time, you know, that's kind of when rookie season starts to really hype up there. Um, get some combine stuff. Free agency is going to start to pick up a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll have lots of stuff rolling in. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for today's show. As we said, no late week show this week. We will be back early next week with another edition of Campus Life. Tune into all of the other podcasts going on on the C2C channel. Tune into the YouTube channel. We've got a lot of stuff going on over there. Check out the website, campusdecanton.com. Until next time, guys, I'm Austin. And this is Colin. Have a good one, guys.